This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to All Things Azeroth, episode 229. Thank you for four years of listening. You're listening to All Things Azeroth. Your World of Warcraft podcast. With your hosts, Midros and Shade. And... Welcome back to another thrilling and exciting All Things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. I am your host, Medros, and with me, as usual, I have Shade. How you doing there, Shade? I'm doing good. Today was a pie-making day. I made pie. Awesome. And what flavors? Blueberry. Just blueberry. Just a blueberry. Mm, blueberry. Yeah. I require pie. So you have to send, send that to me now, too. I already sent you a banana. I don't think that my pie would travel as well as the banana bread hopefully has. Hopefully. You don't think that UPS would, would deliver your pie in good condition? <laughs> no. I think it'd probably be... It would arrive... You, you'd have, like, a blueberry-flavored box with, like, bits of crust in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Probably. Probably, exactly. I'm not even sure I'll get the uh, the banana bread in one piece. So we'll, we'll I'll report on that next week. I took the banana bread. I wrapped it in like cling wrap. I, I wrapped the heck out of it with cling wrap, right? And then I put it in a Ziploc bag and made sure that that was all airtight. And then I wrapped it up and then I stuck it in the corner of the box. And then I put foam around it so that it was nice and cushioned. If it does not arrive in one piece, I don't know what I did wrong. Did you wrap it in anything that can avoid the uh, the hungry mouths of customs agents? No. Then that may be the problem. Maybe I should have put a post-it on there. Do not eat me unless you are Medros or Medros's fiance. Wait, wait hold on. You, you, I'm supposed to give her some of that too? Why'd you send more yes, of those? Yes, you share. Then? Jeez. You share. <laughs> it's a big loaf of bread. You can share. <laughs> fine, fine. So, right. Anyway. How was your week in game and, and otherwise? <laughs> kind of fun. We let's see, uh, did some raiding. I we don't. I see. Okay, I, I get. I got a lot of email. I got a lot of email in response to last week's. <laughs> remember, I was talking about that stuff from last oh, week. Oh yeah. I got a lot of email with a lot of people saying that I was a hardcore raider, so I wouldn't understand things. The thing is, guys. I'm not a hardcore raider. I'm a casual raider. I raid three nights a week, and I think it's probably about maybe ten hours. To, yeah, because it's four hours on Sunday, and then three hours on Tuesday, and three hours on Thursday. That's it. Most of the rest of the time, I'm not even logged into the game because I'm doing other stuff. I'm writing. I'm doing other stuff. Hardcore raiding back in the day in vanilla after I had had my, you know, year or so of casual play where I was just leveling and learning the game. Yes, I was a hardcore raider. We raided six nights a week. And it was like almost a 40-hour-a-week commitment. It was like a second job. That's what I call hardcore. 
right now, yeah, I raid. I do raiding. We are the top raid guild on my server, but that's only because my server population is so tiny <laughs> that there's really no competition for it. You know, there's a there's a few other raid guilds out there, but not that many. So saying that I don't understand what it means to play casually, no, I totally know what it means to play casually, guys. I've been doing that for years, too. I haven't always raided. I've taken breaks from raiding before, just to RP, or mess around with quests, or, you know, collect small, fuzzy things. But raiding, speaking of raiding, we went through, we cleared everything in Blackwing Descent except for Nefarian, and we actually fought Nefarian on Sunday. We did not down and him. How does, he, how does he compare to the, uh, the old Nefarian fight? It's cool! It's really cool. I mean, I don't have the best grasp of what's going on, because, honestly, all I'm doing is staring at gigantic zombie dragon butt <laughs> pretty much the whole time I'm in there. Uh, it's a rogue's life. It's kind of neat though that, that you, you're fighting you're fighting Nefarian and Anixia at the same time. Now, back in the day when I was the hardcore raider we did kill Nefarian. We were one of our first one of the first guilds on my server to do it. This was on a different server. High pop server. So it's kind of nostalgic almost to be going back and killing Nefarian again as like current raid content mm -hmm. I guess and also he has an awesome voice his voice is still amazing still gives me the chills I love it I'm wondering there's something I've not actually researched so please do tell me if I'm being silly where does Onyxia fit in like is she in that dungeon as well before him like I'm, I'm not sure where she fits into the story now no what happens what happens is um nefarian of course in um in blackwing lair originally when you were back in blackwing lair nefarian was experimenting on different types of dragons to try and breed some sort of sup like superior race of dragons that's where the chromatic dragons come from it was kind of nefarian's experiments he was just taking bits of various dragons and sticking them all together right Blackwing Descent is kind of the continuation of that. So although the bosses that you fight in there are pretty much kind of like his experiments or his servants, that kind of thing, um, the very, very last thing, you, you fight all of the other bosses, and then it's just Nefarian, right? And when you go up to talk to him, he says, first you're going to have to fight my greatest creation ever. And then he, he says, my dear sister. And it's freaking Anixia, right? You have to fight Anixia and Nefarian at the same time. They're in the same boss fight. It's crazy. And does she summon her whelps and all that stuff still? Nope. She shoots lightning. She shoots lightning all over the place. Because she's, you know, been a little... I guess, you know, he kind of stitched her together and then zapped her with electricity. And then she was all, yay, I'm alive. She doesn't say anything either. She just breathes fire and things. And she does... She still has a tail swipe. <laughs> I blame Varian. Yeah. <laughs> if he hadn't killed her, she wouldn't be undead now, and we could still kick her butt. He didn't kill her dead enough. He shouldn't have, like, Apparently. taken the head back to Stormwind. He should have just burned the whole thing, and then we wouldn't be in this pickle. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> How was the rest of your week this week? Uh, pretty good. I mean, I, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot that went on that was exciting. Um, I finally got the achievement for doing the Save Pebble daily like 10 times so I have a little pebble pet and he follows me around I made 
a fell reaver because I'm an engineer. I made a little mini fell reaver for a guildie of mine, and she made me an enchanted lantern. So we had like a trade of goods there. So my pet collection, I've mostly been working on that. Oh, oh, and I finally got enough um, commendations. I have a ghost wolf now. He's purdy. Nice. I'm going to call him Fluffy. <laughs> Fluffy. Fluffy. Fluffy the vengeful wolf god. He's awesome. Fluffy. <laughs> okay. What? Well, I could call him, like, you know, Frank or George or something like that, but Fluffy. No, no, uh, Fluffy's fine, I suppose. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, my week was pretty interesting. Um, this is actually something I'm, I'm going to try and have somebody in my guild write up who lives in the United States so that they can submit it to the seed program. But my, I decided to try and be creative in, in trying to encourage people to level. Okay. I have mentioned previously before that my guild doesn't level very fast. We, we're a fairly small guild. Oh, no. And we don't have a lot of players that are spending a lot of time... Um, you know, leveling their characters that are there. So I decided that being the fact that I have 36,000 gold still and haven't really <laughs> spent a lot of it and gained a lot, gained more than I've spent, that I would try and be a little creative in what I do with the gold that I have. Oh, yeah? So yesterday I logged into game. I announced a, con a guild contest. The contest is this. The next character that is not one of mine to reach level 85 wins 5,000 gold and wow. they get their choice of a pet from our guild bank. Wow. How many pets do you have in the guild bank? Uh, we have several different raptors. Uh, we have all of the Outlands jar or the uh, egg, the holiday ones and stuff. So The tournament thing? Oh, the egg. Oh, oh, from the Oracle thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to, trying to like, encourage people to actually play their characters that you know can do dungeons and stuff that's really cool how did your how did your critter killing event go that's actually coming in in a couple of days it's not for, in a couple of days okay. um but yeah it, it, i'm really excited about this event uh, and about this contest because i think it will be a really good encouragement for members of the guild to actually get out there and actually start leveling their characters because once we get characters up to level 85 yeah. we can do uh, random normals and and eventually heroics and really start getting the guild level higher. So I'm hoping that once yeah. people who uh, once the winner is announced, people will stop leveling those characters. I'm hoping they will like those characters enough to continue leveling them and get them up to 85. But I may do further <laughs> contests uh, yeah. to encourage people to level um, their characters to 85 as well for less gold, of course. Yeah, I, I'm trying to to help people uh, and help the guild as well. So I I, I think it's a a creative way to try and encourage leveling. Um, I don't know if anybody else has done it, but I'm sure there's people out there who are really, really high in the in gold and and haven't bought any and can do it without a problem. I'm sure I'm sure there's people out there who have, you know, who probably do like thirty thousand gold and and not have a problem with that. So, I, on the other hand, only do five. Well, yeah, but still. And, and there's going to be that's kind of fun, and, and there's kind of some rules like um, it can't be you know the, it can't be a character that, that transferred into the guild or, or joined the guild um, at a level higher than eighty. Darn! There goes my plans to come in and steal your gold. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want the guild to become a, re a revolving door. You know, I want people who are are going to join the guild 
for no. more than just 5,000 gold. Because you know what? Honestly, the $15 there and the $15 back, if you aren't on Argent Dawn Alliance side, you could probably buy more gold for that. If you were inclined, of course. Oh, yeah. Yes. But doing so would be bad because we don't condone we do the selling or purchasing of gold. I, I'm just saying that there is... For real cash. There is a market out there for that you could spend a lot less money than the $30 it would take to get your character to and from Argent on or to Alliance and back. So I think it's just a way to try and encourage people to try and, try and help out the guild, help out themselves, and get a bit on the way too. Otherwise, just kind of been leveling here or there. Uh, got my... Have you done any more dungeons? Or tried no. to do any more dungeons? No. <laughs> no? Um, I just haven't had the time. It hasn't been a lack of desire. What I've been uh, what I've been doing is actually was leveling my priest. Got him up to 80... Or up to 65. And uh, did a fair bit more uh, enchanting and, and tailoring to, to level those professions a bit higher. And really enjoying leveling his professions, even if I can't... Uh, get him up to the max level right away it's it's a it's a lot of fun so i'm really enjoying it i've been messing with my druid i'm not actually actively leveling my druid through quests or anything she's just my herbalist so i'm using her to pick herbs so that i can actually get you know flasks made for raiding and stuff that's that's the part that stinks about raiding is it's really expensive right now those flasks it's like 250 gold for one flask on my server. It's ridiculous. Completely ridiculous, but... so You could make a lot of money making that guild achievement, couldn't you? Um, yeah, well, we did. We, we got the guild achievement, so we do have the guild cauldrons, but the guild cauldrons are still really expensive to make. So basically what I've been doing, like, when I have free time, which is to say I haven't really done more than once this week, but, you know, in the future... <laughs> Uh, I've just been taking my druid around and picking plants. That's all I've been doing. Just gathering herbs, mm. like nuts. And she's like, I think halfway to level 81 right now, just from picking plants. So I figure, okay, well, as she gains in levels, I can have her pick other various plants in slightly more difficult zones and things like that. Maybe I'll just go all the way to 85 by picking plants with that one. I don't know. Uh, Ayanya in the guild, in the uh, chat room says, "Every time someone buys gold, a Tolvir dies." And you don't want to kill the kitty cat people; they're adorable. So don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Not the kitty cat people. Anybody but the kitty cat people. But okay. alas, we have a lot of things we have to cover today. Yeah, it's kind of a big day, huh? It is. It's a. It's a. It's a bit of a big day. <laughs> January fifteenth, two thousand seven. Um, as I think I may have mentioned last week was the first episode of this podcast, uh, known as it is now All Things Azeroth. Before that, there was Know Your Role and, and other podcasts uh, or other shows that I did, but this is this is the four-year anniversary, or, or two days after the four-year anniversary of the uh, podcast, fourth year of podcasting for this show. So, as many people know, we were doing a contest that wrapped up on the uh, fourth anniversary date and we'll play some of the entries later and award prizes we will be playing some greetings from our listeners as well as reading a plentiful amount of emails we got a lot of emails people yep uh, not only are the emails that shade 
mentioned earlier, we'll be reading some of those, but just a lot of emails from, from listeners who uh, have other questions and, and other things they want to talk about. So uh, we will definitely talk about that. First, though, um, let us play our Warcraft Less Traveled, shall we? Okay. Yes. All right. And uh, this is the first of two times you'll hear from our good friend Skolnick this week. Warcraft Less Traveled. A World of Warcraft time capsule dedicated to the exploration and discovery within WoW. The Mysterious Reigns of the Grey Camel Mount. I think everyone agrees that the outcry for a ghost crawler moose has run its course. It's well into the new year, and some have said the fascination with a moose mount, or glorifying bacon buttered popcorn, is outdated. I'm not sure if that bacon part is true, but one thing I am confident about is that each explorer of Azeroth can strive to obtain a rare land mount, the Grey Riding Camel, and it's not going to be easy. This mount should not be mistaken for the other two available camel mounts. The reins of the brown and the tan-colored camels can be obtained through Exalted Reputations currently within Aldum, but the truly hard-to-obtain mount that all collectors will want is the Grey Riding Camel. This is because the Grey Camel Mount involves a long search for mysterious figurines in the desert, a chance to be magically teleported to a hidden lake in the mountains, and a victorious defeat of a dangerous world mini-boss. So let's start at the beginning, and I hope that I'll give you the required tools to begin your quest in finding the secret Camel Mount. Scattered throughout the zone of Oldham, there exist small items called Mysterious Camel Figurines. These figures are very small, gray stone statues that randomly spawn in various locations around the zone. Not only are these mysterious camel figurines quite hard to see in the sandy landscape, but their spawn rate is very infrequent and quite random. In preparation for this broadcast, I personally spent many hours over numerous days specifically hunting for these, and I only stumbled across a small handful. True to their name, so rare are these mysterious figurines that exact percentages and locations are still being compiled. To aid with your search, I highly recommend the use of an add-on called NPC Scan. It's an add-on that is designed to alert you when you're near a predetermined NPC, and in-game these figurines are actually tagged NPCs, thus the add-on can handle a scan for them just like they would for any other exotic or rare creature. And as part of your scan, make a note now that these mysterious camel figurines are identified by a numeric value 50409 and 50410. Once again, this add-on is not required, but helps tremendously when searching for these hard-to-see items in the sandy zone of Oldham. Now, if you're lucky enough to find a mysterious camel figurine, it will allow you to pick it up, and one of two things will occur. First, and most likely, the figurine will disintegrate in your hands, leaving a pile of crumbled statue remnants that can be vendored for 25 gold. However, there is a second possibility. There's a slight chance that with each figurine that you pick up, the figurine will not be destroyed. Instead, you'll be magically teleported by a swirling sandstorm to a hidden valley located in southeastern Fairless. This hidden subzone is called the Steam Pools. And yes, you heard me right. At the end of your tireless exploration for figurines in Oldham, with a little luck, you'll have the chance that you'll be blinked two zones away into the secret mountain oasis in Fairless at coordinates 64-63. It must be noted that traveling to the Fairless Steampool Mountain Valley at all other times of the game will yield an empty area containing simple small lakes. You'll find that this valley has no vegetation and that fishermen will have no luck pulling fish from the pools. 
However, when you're teleported here by the mysterious camel figurine, this valley oasis is phased much differently. You will see instead many harmless 85 camels roaming throughout the steam pools, and clearly this looks like you've stumbled across something very special. Upon your teleportation here, a warning message appears and you'll be given a 20 minute buff called Dormus's Rage, and it becomes quite clear that you've been teleported here for a mere 20 minutes in order to perform a special purpose. You are tasked to find and defeat Dormus, the Camel Hoarder, an 85 elite miniboss overseeing camels that wander the steam pools. And never fear, he's quite easy to spot amongst the camels. His health is a little less than a quarter million hit points, but with some endurance, your victory will be a sweet one. Killing Dormus within the allotted 20 minutes rewards you with the trophy you've been looking for, the Reigns of the Grey Camel. And due to the rare nature of the camel figurines within Oldham, and the estimated less than 5% chance that one of these will not crumble to dust, achieving the Grey Camel Mount will surely make you the envy of your guild, if not your entire realm. It can be safely guessed that nearly all players in Azeroth today are completely unaware of the special powers found within the mysterious camel figurines, or about the hidden phasing within the steam pools. So, I encourage all of you to stay alert, be patient with your search, and your own discovery of the Great Camel Mount will be a triumphant experience. At least, until someone with a Canadian maple syrup scented moose mount rides up next to you. Please send your show comments and questions to warcraftlesstraveled at gmail.com or listen back to the show archives at warcraftlesstraveled.com My name is Skolnik and until next time remember to travel safe patience plus camel equals win and leave only footprints I have been looking for those stupid figurines for I don't know how long I have never seen one not one I have found two of them and they were both turned to dust when I clicked on them yeah I've, I've never seen them Never seen one of them. And, I mean, I haven't been actively farming. It's just if I happen to be in the area, I start flying around looking for them. But, yeah, never seen one. If I recall, Skolig, actually, I believe he got that on his first one he clicked. He just saw it randomly. So that that's really, really spectacular. That is so bizarre. Yeah, I, I, I do want that mount, but... I have a feeling it's going to be like the time lost proto Drake, where it, you know you just you don't know, so you have to dedicate and just obscene amount of time looking for the stupid things. But yeah, I don't know. In the end, I mean, it's 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 rare. That's that's why they're there. And uh, good luck to everybody. It's a camel. Camels are awesome. I like my camels. I have two camel mounts, but neither one of them are gray. So. <laughs> So, we, we do have some news we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And now the news. From around the world of Warcraft. This is not going to be an all fourth anniversary show. We do have some news. The first thing I want to bring up with you, Shade, know your lore, honor Krumgar, never forsake it. Oh, yeah. Gotta say, I love the article. Yeah. Not only well, because I remember playing that on a group quest, with, and it was you and me and Grace here, and yeah. that was really awesome. It, it Well, okay, the article itself goes over uh, Stone Talon Mountains. Now, it does go over it from the Horde perspective. Um, I have not played through the Alliance perspective. I have read through all the quests on the Alliance side, but basically, Horde and Alliance in the Stone Talon Mountains, they're kind of trying to do the same thing and what the alliance does directly affects what the horde does right 
but they're all fighting for that particular bit of land and the guy that leads the horde forces his name is Kromgar he's kind of a throwback to what we expected Garrosh to be I think honestly and that's what I find so interesting about the zone is that is that Kromgar really represents the orc that we thought that Garrosh was and then at the end of this big long chain of events and everything Garrosh shows up and chucks the guy off a bridge which is like, you know, dead giveaway. This is not the orc that Garrosh is. And I thought that it did a lot to highlight the character development behind Garrosh Hellscream. So, yeah. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Honestly, yeah, like I said, I was I was pleasantly surprised to see that Know Your Lore has, has generally been about people, not about an idea, an ideal. And right. Right. that both threw me off but also, I, I was really happy to read that. So I thought that was a really good article. And I do recommend anybody who's listening to this uh, right now to go and read it. It's a really good article, and that's again at WoW Insider. Yeah, I. the main thing... Well, okay, the next few articles that I'm going to be doing, um, I'm going through and I'm actually playing through all of the new Azeroth content, like the new Cataclysm content, the 1 to 60 content. Because the thing about these new zones, when they put in these new zones, each zone had a very specific storyline behind it. And some of these zones and stories behind them are really extraordinary. Not a lot of people are playing through the alts. A lot of people are playing at level 85. And they haven't checked out any of this stuff. But I kind of want to clue people in as to, you know, what what exactly has developed in these zones what came before what's going on now so um that's kind of the tactic that i'm taking with it i the interesting thing that i find about that article the comments on that article people were you know saying that garage wasn't honorable and this that the other they didn't quite get it the thing about garage is yes garage loves war and he loves fighting but he loves honorable fighting, and that means fighting against somebody who is prepared and willing to fight back. In the case of Stone Talon, you had a bunch of innocents out there, just like a bunch of Druid students. They weren't prepared for fighting war, they weren't, they weren't even involved in the war or anything else. The destruction of those innocents kind of, I think, reminded Garrosh of the honor he had lost when he killed Karn when he killed Karn, because it, it with Karn and the battle with Karn, right, he knew what he was getting into, and it was an honorable fight both he and Karn had agreed to the terms behind it, they knew that one of them was going to die, but they didn't get the fair fight that they were supposed to be getting because Magatha, Grim Totem, she came in and she poisoned Garrosh's blade, so as soon as he hit Karn, Karn just kind of fell over well, that's not there's no honor in that Magatha pretty much robbed him of that honor. And that's what he was upset about. There were people that pointed out that, like... Oh, there was one guy that was pointing out that uh, Garrosh ordered an attack on an alliance ship that was flying a white flag. And this was in the Shattering. The thing that you have to realize about this is that in the timeline, this was before the whole event with Karn. This was before, you know, he stepped up as war chief. So... You look at that, and you look at the orc from there, and then you look at the orc that we have now, and you see that this character is actually developing in a, in a very deliberate fashion. So, I don't know. I, I just, I find Garrosh really interesting. The more they do with him, the more I want to know about him. So, and that's a lot more than I thought we were going to get out of him, really. I, I 
think that Blizzard has... I hate to say it, I think they have successfully changed a lot of people's minds about Garage Hall Scream. Between the Shattering and his uncertainty about taking leadership of the Horde, the the story that they posted about him and chastising a leader uh, in battle for attacking uh, Alliance forces who were in the middle of battling with the undead. This just keeps going. I mean, everything I hear is not the Garage I thought he was. I'm surprised. <laughs> no, it's not the same character. It's not the same character, and the cool thing about it is that we don't have static leaders anymore. Back in Vanilla, the leaders of the various nations were very static. Turand was in Darnassus, and she didn't do anything. Thrall was in Orgrimmar, and he didn't do anything. He didn't go anywhere. He sent you off to do things for him, and Turand, you know... I don't think Turand even had any quests. I think she was just standing there. Fendral was the one that had quests, but he'd send you to go do things. And then, you know, over the course of the game and over the course of expansions, all of a sudden these leaders, you don't see them in the throne room all the time anymore. You know, they'll wander around, they'll travel around, they'll go to different places. There's actually, you know, actions and consequences for those actions, and it makes it a much more engaging game to play, I think. Again, I, I, I'm really impressed with what they've done to change Garrosh. I'm intrigued to see what they might do in the future with him. I hate to say it, but maybe he was the right person for that position in the Horde. What I think is really interesting and kind of what they're leading up towards is that you have Garrosh and you have his actions in Stone Talon, which, you know, he's very deliberate and very careful to say, no, we don't kill innocents. Yes, we kill people in the heat of battle, but those are people that are you know, prepared to come fight. That's an honorable fight. Killing somebody, stabbing somebody in the back, that's not an honorable fight. Yet, over in the Eastern Kingdoms, we have Sylvanas doing her own thing and dealing with all kinds of stuff that's supposedly for the Horde, and I'm air-quoting here, right? I think at some point, Garage is going to realize what she's doing, and he's also going to realize that trying to keep a handle on all of these different factions, all of these dis- different races under the banner of the Horde is a lot harder than he thought it was. And that what he was criticizing Thrall for, you know, that Thrall, you know, didn't have an understanding of his people and all of this stuff, maybe he'll realize that Thrall had a lot harder job than he previously thought. That being a war chief is not easy, you know, and we'll see some more development out of that. I I hope we do. It'll be cool. So, speaking of lore and stories, what did you think of the Lord of His Pack story? That was pretty cool. Um, That was... Well, okay, for those of you in the chat channel, if you haven't seen it on the World of Warcraft website, there's... uh, They've been doing these little short stories about various leaders of the Alliance and that kind of thing. The Lord of His Pack is one about Gen Greymane, and it actually goes into a little bit of the backstory behind the Greymane Wall and behind Greymane as a child. It's actually a really nice piece of development. Um, We didn't know a lot about Gen. He'd been kind of a side character in previous novels. Like, he was in Day of the Dragon a little bit. Um, I think he was in... Oh, I believe he was in Tides of Darkness, but I can't be 100% on that. Um, But he's, you know, he's been mentioned, and he's been mentioned about having this, you know, really interesting set of beliefs and everything, but we hadn't actually seen anything to establish why he had those beliefs, and this story actually does a lot towards, you know, just revealing things about the character that we didn't know previously. I really like that Blizzard's doing this. This is something that they 
this is new for them. This is really new for them. Again, between the leaders moving around more and the interactive storylines and the stuff that they're putting on the website, it seems like they're moving the emphasis a little bit more towards the lore behind the game to kind of draw people in. And I love it. I, I just love it. <laughs> I actually just finished reading that story uh, just a few days ago. It was really good. I, I began to like Gen more around the end of the story because of mm-hmm. one line they put in. It, it was um, this line here. I am a proud father to know that my son was a wiser man than me. Not a lot of people I know in any sense can admit that kind of thing. And I really began mm-hmm. to think that he does have a potential to be a good leader within the Alliance. That he, at one point in time, felt was a waste of his energy. That's what I liked about the story, was that, you know, you saw that development from the guy who who was raised as a young child to rely on nobody, right? You build your own empire, you run your own empire, you don't need anybody else's help, don't ever ask for anybody else's help, to this leader who has to stretch out his hand to the Alliance and go, okay, I can't do this alone, uh, you know, and he's humbled. He's really, he's kind of humbled. I, it's, I just like the fact that they went into his backstory and they showed us why that character, where that character is gone, where he came from, where he was at when he built the Grey Main Wall and where he's at today. So yeah, it's a really, really cool story and I recommend everybody read it. Truly, truly uh, uh, one of the best short stories I've seen read or written about a leader of the Horde or a leader of any of the factions. The thing that I really like about it, though, it's free. You don't have to pay for it. It's not a novel. You don't have to buy the novel or anything. Just go read it on the website. It's awesome. And now they can refer to it because people can read it without any paying. <laughs> yeah, I, I, again, I, I really, really enjoyed the story. It gave a lot of a lot of the backstory of where Gen was coming from in his decision to create the wall, his thoughts and his, you know, thinking when it came to, you know, going and asking the Alliance for help and uh, why he was so heartbroken over the loss of his son. I was bummed about the loss of his son. Man, when I played through the Worgen starting zone, that was one of the most bummer moments for me because I totally fell in love with that character. And I mean, you interact with him like a handful of times, but he's so awesome. And then he's gone. I was mad. I was so mad. He, he, was, a, he was a good character. I liked him. Yeah. So the next uh, next one I want to talk about is uh, it's this little World of Warcrafts I saw on uh, the WoW Insider blog. <laughs> the, the 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 picture here look, it looks really delicious. I have to say I've never seen a, a World of Warcrafts picture that looked this delicious. I have a question: Is that mine or is that the one you ate to your dad? No, that was the companion because I made oh, two, okay. right? And that's the one that we ate, and then I sent the other one to you. And, and how long did that one last? <laughs> After the picture. After I took the picture? Uh, like two days or something. Because <laughs> I can tell you, that would not last two days in my house. Uh, yeah, my dad. My dad is like way into banana bread. Well, I suggested making banana bread to him. I was like, do you, do you like banana bread? I was thinking about making some. And he's like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. So I made some. And then I told you this story like last week, the first time that I made banana bread. I like, I left... Uh, 
left a loaf out there and I put a note there and I said, okay, I've tested the banana bread and I deem it tasty. And I came back upstairs, or I, or I woke up the next morning, I came out and he had written on the bottom of the note, I agree. And like half of the loaf was gone already. <laughs> so yeah, we haven't grown tired of banana bread yet. I haven't made any more. Today was a pie day instead of a banana bread day. But yeah, when I'm waiting on people to get back to me with craft projects and things, because I do like asking people questions, um, I'll throw together one of these where I just throw a recipe in and throw some Warcraft spin on it. <laughs> it was something that Lisa did. It was something that Lisa originally did, and I loved it when she did it, so I was like, yay, now I get to do it. <laughs> I, I do have to say, though, if you can find me a vendor that can sell me your banana bread for 20 silver per stack of five, I'll definitely take five, several stacks of, of I wish I could find bread. it that easy, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's fun to make, too, because, like, okay, my favorite part is mushing the bananas, because... <laughs> There's some sort of a cereal fun in just going squish, squish, squish with a bunch of bananas. <laughs> well, I, I loved how you, when you wrote it up, the the instructions, you actually wrote it up as if you were, like, facing a raid boss. That was funny. Yeah, split the raid in half. One's on wet, one's on dry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, was, was it a fun article to write, just to come up with the the, the, the way to approach it? It was totally a fluff filler piece. I mean, I did one, I think I did one with muffins, like a few weeks, or a few months before that, where I did, like, my recipe for blueberry muffins and put that on there. But And, and people really liked that one, too. I, I still, you know, World of Warcraft is still about crafts and crafting and things like that, but it doesn't mean I can't throw in a recipe every now and again. So Cool. We may see others in the future. That is <laughs> awesome. I wanted to get your thoughts... Um... I talked about this a little bit uh, on the group quest this past weekend. Uh, Fox Van are saying that sh sh quite are questioning whether level cap players should, should they be put into content that they outgear. What is your perspective on that? Okay, the random dungeon finder is really really cool. Specifically, you know the quests that you get, like the daily heroic quests that you get, because it gives you those points that you can't get unless you're raiding. But at the same time, queuing up for those and then being stuck in a dungeon that you, like, again, like he was pointing out, you outgear it by a huge amount. There's no reason for you to be in there other than the Valor points. And it's it's kind of boring, I guess. I The thing is, is, you know, if it only stuck you into dungeons that you were geared appropriately, appropriately for and it didn't you know put you in those lower level dungeons there would only be like a couple of dungeons that you could potentially do so i don't really know how they address that i don't think that there really is any way that they can address that i think we're all just gonna have to suck it up and do the stone core which i don't mind i kind of like the stone core it's interesting the first boss i could do without but you know. do you feel that blizzard made a mistake when it comes to dungeons because they, they force you to run regular dungeons to get the gear to go to heroics, but in order to run those at 85, which is when most players would be running them, there's only, as you said, two or three that you can actually run. Yeah, the, the one thing that kind of bugged me was that, um, who was it? I think it was Sako, maybe, that was saying that by the time he was the appropriate gear level to do throne of the tides or something like that he'd been locked out from choosing it on the dungeon finder because he was like a higher level or something like that it was it was some weird little 
quirk with the queuing system. I don't think that they've got the queuing system quite figured out yet. I think it's a good idea in theory. I think that people should run the regular dungeons to progress to the heroics, to progress to the raids. You know, there's like a certain ramping tier of steps that everybody should take when they're trying to get into that content. And it's not a matter of gear. Like, people keep saying it's a matter of gear. It's not necessary. It's not all about the gear. It's also about learning the encounters and learning what attacks you want to use when, learning what kind of CC is important, you know, learning the basics of playing that class all over again. Because End of Wrath, you know, with the Shattering Patch, they pretty much revamped and redid everybody's classes. They don't play the same anymore. There's different there's different things that you should be tinkering with and there's different approaches for things healers in general specifically healers are really feeling the crunch with that because healing is a very different animal than what it was in wrath and who boy i don't even want to talk about how different it is from vanilla i mean i used to when i did do the hardcore rating i was i was raid healing that's all i was doing and that consisted of staring at 40 green bars picking the bar that was low, and pushing two for flash heal, and then doing that again, and then doing it again. There really wasn't any variation or variety. Sometimes you would throw a shield on somebody, that was about it. Nowadays, it's way more reactive and there's way more to it. I, If I wanted to heal again, I would have to learn how to do it all over again. Because there's no resemblance. So I don't think that I don't think that having these steps in place is particularly wrong. I think that how those steps have been implemented isn't quite balanced correctly. There's something wrong there in in the steps that we're taking, because we can leap over a step and skip one of them, but then we're screwed out of something else. You know what I mean? It's just not balanced quite right. Yeah, I think Blizzard has made some mistakes in designing the current way they do the dungeons and the accessibility of the dungeons because like you said or whatever you know, you, you quoted Sacco or whoever it was at, at WoW Insider once you are geared enough to get into the dungeon you're too high of a level to get into the dungeon yeah and there's something a little bit ridiculous about that they need to tweak it somehow they need to do something with it I do like all the dungeons though I have not run into an Oculus yet I haven't run into that one dungeon that nobody wants to do, although I am very tired of seeing specific specific dungeons. Grim Batal shows up for me all the freaking time, and so does Halls of Origination. Vortex Pinnacle, I've done twice. I love that dungeon, but it only sh- it's it never shows up in my random dungeon finder, which is silly to me because I love that dungeon. I would love to do. There's no loot in there for me. I just like it. I like going there. <laughs> I'm hoping that once we start getting some players on uh, the Heroes of Lordaeron who are, um, you know, 83, 84, who are actually playing regularly, that I will be able to get some some runs into the, some of those places. Because I have, I've only seen one boss at this point, and that doesn't include the boss that I saw yesterday when I was flying around D- Deep Home that one-shotted me. It was a dragon. I don't even know. There was a dragon that one-shotted you? Yeah. Boss level oh, rare. Oh, you flying way up high? Yeah. Oh, 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 that's the world boss. Oh. There's like a few of those that spawn here, there, and everywhere. There's yeah, like one in... It's a rare. There's one in Twilight Highlands. Yeah, it's a rare, but it, it's um, it it's a five-person boss. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I was there's a few of them out there, and they, they, they drop really, really good loot. Great. 
supposedly. But yeah, that's why they one shot uh, you. Unless you're one person trying to kill them. At, at which point you go, wah, and run away. Because, yeah, it's a boss. Definitely. Yeah, apparently I missed the skull. That's all I can say. Yeah, it's going to kill you like a boss. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I was very <laughs> interested to read the article because I have to agree. It, it doesn't seem to make much sense that you're being put into somewhere to gear up to do heroics that's going to get you gear that's not going to get you to heroic. Right. It just, it, there's something wrong in that step pattern. And they got to kind of pinpoint what it is and just tweak it a little bit and then it'll be okay. In the end, we will have to see. Um, maybe Blizzard is planning some of these uh, patch patch fixes for three. Uh, sorry, uh, for four point zero point six. Hopefully, they will realize that they they seem to have gone back on their word and are now nerfing heroics. I don't think that they're going back on their word. I think that they're tweaking stuff that they've, you know, observed and decided needed to be tweaked. They didn't really have a lot of feedback to go on when cataclysm launched you know as more and more people hit level 85 and try these things uh, you know they've got more data to work with as far as okay this boss is working as intended and it's just fine and we're not going to adjust it and oh you know what this boss here for a random group of five people doing a heroic yeah we should probably tweak it a little bit because people seem to be really having a problem with this one you know but they're they're not going by people complaining about things. I think that they're actually looking at game data and going, okay, of these bosses, which ones, you know, are people having difficulty with? That kind of thing. I think we'll have to wait and see how, how this patch goes live. And honestly, I think that they are probably trying to make things workable without making them super easy and it's a very very delicate balancing scale to do that because you don't want to get too far one way or too far the other way it's just very very hard yeah they don't want us face rolling things but they don't want us you know throwing us throwing up our hands and giving up either you know they they want to keep people playing but they want to give them a challenge and i don't i don't think that they should be faulted for wanting to give people a challenge that's part of the fun of playing a game is overcoming challenges i mean like i said a couple weeks ago if it's not a challenge then what's the point of doing it you know (laughs) very true very true now the uh the last thing on the news side of things for today though by far not the end of the show is the changes to guild experience what are your thoughts on that these are really interesting. Um, they're basically redefining what a guild group is. Because right now on live, right, in order to get tagged as being a guild group and having that run count towards guild experience, you have to have at least four players in your group that are all from the same guild, right? Well, for smaller guilds and stuff like that, that didn't quite work out so well because you don't always have four people online. You don't always have four of the right people online. Sometimes it's just three DPS and you don't, you know, you don't have a tank or a healer. So what are you supposed to do? Well, there's nothing really you can do. So they're making this change where if three out of the five players are are members of the same guild, they'll be able to complete the guild achievements and earn guild experience. The guild experience though, it comes at 50% of the normal rate. I'm okay with that. I'm actually okay with that. 
if four out of five players in a group are members of the same guild, they'll be able to do the same thing, but they're going to be earning the guild experience at 100% where they're supposed to. This is the part that kind of wigs me out a little bit. If five out of five players in a group, if, if, if you take a group of guildies into a heroic dungeon, right? You're going to be doing your guild achievements, obviously, but you're going to be earning guild experience at 125% of the normal rate. So taking all guild members with you and not using the dungeon finder is better for your guild experience. And I'm not quite sure where they're going with that, because that seems to be discouraging people from queuing up with the dungeon finder if you happen to be in a guild. Well, what this means is this means that like healers and tanks that may have used the dungeon finder, they probably aren't going to be doing that anymore because everybody's going to be grabbing them for those guild groups. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have less tanks and less healers queuing up. Now, admittedly, there's going to be less DPS queuing up, maybe, but in a guild like mine, we have three main tanks in my guild, right? And then we have like... Eh, I think eight or nine healers, something like that, that we raid with, and everybody else is DPS. A lot more DPS in my guild than there are healers. A lot more DPS in my guild than there are tanks. It kind of runs the same way with the dungeon finder. Few tanks out there, they get instant queues. Slightly more healers, so they get, you know, a little bit longer queue, but not that bad. Lots of DPS. So you get this really long queue wait time. So I'm kind of interested in seeing what this does to the dungeon finder, what it does to dungeon finder cues, if that's going to hurt it at all. Because that was their baby. I mean, it was really cool. They liked it. They loved it. So why would they do something that would harm it? So I'm I'm just I'm, I'm on a wait to see, you know? Um, also, they're also doing uh, heroic dungeons offer a 1.5 multiplier on all guild experience earned. I think that's in effect right now, too. You get more dungeon, you get more experience guild experience from doing a heroic than you do from doing a normal dungeon. The other cool change that they made, and it's not in this article that you were pointing at, guilds that hit level 23 have their guild experience cap removed. So basically once once guilds get to 83, or 23, they pretty much have a clear shot just if you do a few dungeons and they're, and they're 25. They can, yeah, they can book it to 25 just as fast mm. as they want. And I think that's an interesting change. It means that definitely there will be... Well, okay, my original problem with the whole uh, Realm First Level 25 guild was that with the way that the dungeon experience was... Or the guild experience was capping, everybody was going to hit Level 25 the same day, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's no longer an option now. Once you hit Level 23, if you want that Realm First, you need to book it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> get your guild members on and book it to get to 25. So that's going to be interesting. Well, it's going to be very interesting, and uh, we will. Well, I'll have to see who the world first level 25 guild is. I, I believe they may have a three three letter abbreviation, if, I, if my guess is right. <laughs> Just a guess, of course. Maybe. Maybe they, they, they may be Latin for the dais cast or something. Maybe you know. something like that. Yeah. Or one of their one of their split guilds. There's an awful lot. Something along those lines. Yeah, there's an awful lot of guilds out there that have, you know, gobs and gobs and gobs of members, so it'll be interesting to see who gets it. I don't know. We're going to try and shoot for it in my guild, but I don't know if we'll get it or not. We'll try, though. What level is your guild at right now? I want to say that we dinged 11, because we dinged 11 while we were raiding, and then uh, 
we got the flask achievement on Sunday while we were reading. So we we dinged one of them on Tuesday and we dinged the other one. Yeah, we are level eleven. We got level eleven. Um, I think we're. I don't. I don't think. I don't know how far into eleven we are though. I don't think we're even halfway through yet. So we're plugging along. Well, good luck on that. And it sounds like it'll be a fair while before people hit the twenty-three anyway. So we, we have a mm-hmm. while. We have a while for them to hit uh, a release of this patch anyway. So. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's do our trivia question, and then uh, once we award that prize, we'll award other prizes. How's that sound? Ooh, that sounds like fun. Okay, hang on. I'm trying to get rid of my window screens are being buggy. Okay. So I kind of hope that. Uh, Everybody that was listening earlier when you encouraged them to go read that article, the Know Your Lore that I wrote, I hope they were reading it, because today's question actually relates to that. Um, I talked about the the differences in Garrosh's attitude between his attitude in Ice Crown and his attitude in uh, Azeroth as war chief there's there's a distinct difference because back in ice crown um he pretty much ordered his horde soldiers to attack whoever didn't really care if they were alliance or scourge because if it was scourge well then we were there to fight him anyway if it was alliance well hey you know while they're down why don't we just punt them out of the way while we can and then you get to azeroth where his uh attitude has had this dramatic shift so anyway in Ice Crown, while you're out there in Ice Crown, leveling through Ice Crown, there's these airships that are flying around in Ice Crown. Uh, there's an Alliance one, there's a Horde one. The Horde one, Horde one is called Orgrim's Hammer. There were two orcs that uh, commanded the Horde forces on those ships. One of them was in Ice Crown, and one of them was in Ice Crown Citadel. And I want those two orcs' names. All right. And uh, were those were those mentioned in the article, or...? One of them was. Okay. Malgar is asking, do I need full names? I would prefer full names, yes. But if we don't get a lot of uh, a lot of answers there, then uh, we might take the one that's a partial answer, just because. And it's up to you, Medros, because we've had several answers there. Okay. People are still typing in answers. Okay, well, it... Looks like the first person with the actual full names of both orcs. Uh, let me verify that I have this right. And the winner of our trivia contest is Haster. Grats, Haster. I need you to pick a number between one and five. And then we will figure out what your loot is. There is loot involved. Ooh, three. Okay. Uh, Hastor, Gratz, you have won a tiny loot code from the Warcraft trading card game. Uh, all of our loot codes are provided by wowtcgloot.com. It's a place you want to go if you want to get loot codes from the trading card game without having to buy all of those other trading cards. Uh, go ahead and send an email to shade at allthingsazeroth.com, and I'll get you your code after the show. And congratulations! Uh, yeah, for those wondering, hi. Uh, the answer is, of course, Corn Blackscar. Corn Blackscar, he's actually um, one of the quest givers out there when you're in Ice Crown and you're on the gunship. Um, and then the other person to take over on Orgrim's Hammer was Varrock Sourfang, who piloted the piloted the ship into Ice Crown Citadel so that he could go pick up the body of his son. Cool. And again, congratulations, Haster, for your prize. 
Now, before we do play our contest entries that, that have won, um, I do want to um, <laughs> play one voicemail we got that is unrelated, um, but has some thoughts on okay. the guild or the uh, the um, heroic difficulty thing. So, here we go. Okay, cool. Hello, uh, Medrus and Shade. This is Firefighter Mark. How you guys doing? I wanted to leave a comment in regards to Shade's request uh, for emails or voicemails uh, in regards to the Dungeon Finder. As you all know, I am a firefighter, and I've been doing it for 20 years. And I recently have been uh, lucky enough to transfer into a slow station, which does to play plenty of WoW while on duty while I'm waiting for those 911 calls to come in. And um, because of that, I play WoW. I play um, WoW, you know, during my break time. And um, the random dungeon finder has allowed me to queue up while on duty because I do not like to do, I don't like to do dungeons or even raids when I am on duty because I can get interrupted and I hate doing that to my guildies. I am a holy pally and I'm a healer and I need it. So I hate to be in the middle of a dungeon. Boom, I got to go off on a call and I, you know, basically screw my, uh, my guildies out of continuing. Now they have to wait for another healer. On the other side, I queue up. I go into this five-man dungeon and I hate to say it, but I do leave if I need to, and I don't feel guilty. I mean, it's uh, just it's something I have to deal with and I have to do. Um, on my off days, I don't play a whole lot of wild time unless we're raiding, uh, because I like to spend time with my wife and kids. It just works out for me when I'm on duty and I need to knock out my daily random dungeon so I can get my, uh, my valid points. So it just does it works for me, and um, I hope I didn't ramble on too long. And... Um, I will uh, listen to you guys later. Bye-bye. I would agree. You should definitely leave the dungeon if the fire alarms go off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you should feel guilty for leaving a dungeon to go save somebody from a burning building. I think that definitely takes priority. <laughs> yeah, I would like to think your guildies would be more apt to understand that uh, you're a firefighter. You need to go. Yeah. You, you can't just kill this one last boss. <laughs> I don't even see, yeah, I, I can't even imagine anybody ever saying, no, you need to stay here and kill this guy. Okay, guys, the building is on fire. I don't, I don't think anybody in their right mind, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we got a lot of interesting emails and stuff about that, about the whole dungeon finder thing. It was kind of interesting. Skullnook says, firefighting, more important than WoW, more important than laundry. Definitely. As I, as I said at the beginning of the show, as I said last week, and as I said on Twitter and on the, the blog at allthingsazeroth.com, we did have a bit of a contest, and that was to come up with the best, most favorite moments from the last year. What I'm going to do is I'm going to play the two that did not make it into the contest first, um, and then we will play the fourth place, third place, second place, and then first place. This one here uh, goes back to very early in the year. This is uh, featuring the uh, co-host of the show. This entry here was sent in by uh, Alucard. And uh, let's play that now. Grace, I have a question for you. And this is a very serious, very uh, um, very neat, necessary question to ask at this point. Um, are, you, are you looking forward to, uh, to riding a uh, big love rocket? 
<laughs> how about a, a, wait, how about a winking, eye, winking eye of love? Oh, my God. I could answer that in so many ways. <laughs> how about I just tell you that I do that regularly at least once a week? Zing! Um, yeah. <laughs> I miss Grace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a... She was a hoot. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was quite a um, quite a clip. Yeah, um, thank you, Alucard, for your suggestion on that one. I just love the zing at the end. <laughs> okay, uh, but yeah, that that was uh, that was a really awesome one. And uh, this one here, that's actually had two nominations. The next one, I decided to cut a little longer than either person suggested because. I thought that I really had to go the full length of the funnies. So um, here is the next runner-up. What's up, Mr. Medros? And uh, hello, Miss Shade. Um, I was just kind of curious as to um, now that Cataclysm is going to be coming out, and we already know about the goblins and the wargans, was kind of curious about um, what you two thought may be possibly, you know, it's a long shot, what do you think the next two uh, races are going to be for the Horde and the Alliance? Um, I wouldn't mind seeing a Naga class and maybe a Dragonkin class, but ah, that's just me. Um, yeah, I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. Um, aside from that, y'all enjoy yourselves and uh, for the Horde! I-, I think you have a new boyfriend there, Shade. Well, hello, <laughs> Mr. Whoever that was. Anyway, you should call back. <laughs> call back. Call back as often as you'd like. I'd love to hear from you again. Oh, <laughs> anyway. Wow. Uh, whew, okay, moving on. <laughs> so, so any any response? Um, what what did he ask? <laughs> oh yes, yes, that was a that was a good show. <laughs> Boy, I thought it. I, I didn't realize exactly how flustered I sounded <laughs> until I listened to the show. <laughs> I was like, "Dang, that guy really took me completely off guard." <laughs> that 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 was a good episode. And of course, that was Olwyn. Uh, <laughs> um, actually, Almezo, who has called back before. <laughs> Almezo, I believe. Olwyn was it who? Person. Almezo. I'm sorry, I totally forgot. No, no, no problem. There's all these olds, so in, in, yeah. In, anyway, I'm sorry, old Mazo. Boy, now I feel bad. But uh, <laughs> yes, uh, that that was a really awesome. Uh, <laughs> um, that was a very awesome episode. Uh, again, that was actually dominated by two people, but we had some really awesome episodes here. So uh, the fourth place winner um, is. Let me pull it up here. Uh, is Nooks, uh, who nominated. A really funny beta era clip here. So, uh, without further ado, let's play a file that I've named Chihuahua. <laughs> we did have other Worgen related information, like the Worgen female models. <laughs> but uh, before we do, before, before we do get on with that here, uh, one, one second. Okay. Hmm, that's like. Is that bacon? Hey guys, I smell... You smell bacon? Bacon, anyone! 
Oh, that's bacon! Bacon! Who's got the bacon? Where's the bacon? Yeah, so organ females. Can we just talk about organ females for a moment? Okay. Um, look, I'm going to apologize in advance to anyone that wanted to play a organ female. Your profile looks like a diseased chihuahua. I mean, I... <laughs> I don't even and they have this giant blocky butt and they just look they look terrible. Like they the hair. The hair is really good. I do I do have to give them that. The hair is really good. Um I have logged on the beta and I flipped through the various worgen female skins that were there. You can't make one yet, but you can at least look at the various skins and not all of the eyes looked look as crazed as the eyes in the picture on that article but they're pretty close and they don't I mean I on the bright side anybody that was worried about like people doing terrible things with worgen females in RP and all that <laughs> other stuff I don't think you have to worry about it because they're so ugly <laughs> the poor things the poor poor things I feel so bad it just seems like more and more, as they come out with more and more information and more and more stuff for the worgen, that the worgen are really getting the short end of the stick, no pun intended here. And that makes me really unhappy, because that was a race that I was really looking forward to. Like, it, that would be the one race that would make me go back Alliance again, and like play actually play through 1 to 80 with an Alliance character would be, you know, to play through with a worgen, but they look so ridiculous. Like, I cannot get over how ridiculous they look. I mean, are you, are you disagreeing with me here? Do you agree? I cannot... <laughs> they just make me giggle every time I, I look at them. I cannot, in good conscience, disagree with you at all, Shade. Uh, the female worgens just look stupid to me. I just... I, like I said, the, the profile, the side profile, they have the, like this weird rounded forehead and this short little snout, and they look like a chihuahua. Like, I expect one of them to start, you know, just openly shilling for Taco Bell or something. I, it's just, they're so stupid looking. You get a Taco Bell? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're terrible. It's, uh, it's a change, alright. That's all I can really say. I mean, um, I thought I thought the, uh, the original Worgen female model looked okay. Uh, you know, not great, but that was, um, uh, a bit longer than than I would have liked to have gone, but to get the full essence of the, the Chihuahua disease essence, yeah, you had to go the full length. Thankfully, between then and now, they have refined the Worgen female look, but when they first, oh man, those first models, I don't even know what they were thinking, just like, <laughs> and they had these big old zombie eyes, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, that, that was quite, um... Yeah, that was memorable. That was memorable. The next one, this is a um, a segment. The person chose a segment that was submitted by by Skullnick. I will be very honest and say that uh, the first time this was played, I did shed a tear or two. Um, I will not say that I won't do it again because uh, this is a really touching segment. So. Uh, the third place winner is MacGyver, who chose the segment from uh, Skolnick, and uh, he says, 
My favorite show segment or memory was actually Skullnick's segment of Warcraft, Warcraft Less Traveled, where he talked about the memorials that are in-game. Still, still get a tear going in me each time. So, um, without further ado, here is In Loving Memory of Ezra and His Phoenix. Warcraft Less Traveled a World of Warcraft time capsule dedicated to the exploration and discovery within WoW. In Loving Memory and the Phoenix of Ezra In the rolling green of the Hillsbrad foothills, a Warcraftless traveled explorer can find a serene and often overlooked destination, high on one of the zone's southeastern hills, down the eastern coast from South Shore, lies a touching memorial known as In Loving Memory. Anyone venturing into this section of the landscape has most likely seen this solitary stone obelisk, yet may not have understood its real-world significance. The In Loving Memory Memorial exists in-game at the Hillsbrad Foothill coordinates 68-83. At the top of a small hill, a large gray rectangular grave is encircled with flower bouquets at its base. Cobwebs can be seen entangled in a few of its petals, and it looks like the site has not had visitors for quite some time. Engraved on its face of the stone memorial reads, Anthony Ray Stark, 1961-2005. A Blizzard Blue post confirms that Stark was a real-life friend of one of the game developers, and this in-game memorial is a way of paying tribute to his life. Stark died from complications with his heart while participating in scuba diving, which is one of the hobbies that he loved. Although not an employee himself, Stark knew a couple of the members of the staff and was an avid player in Azeroth. With a visit to this destination, you will notice that kneeling in front of the memorial is a level 48 dwarf. His name is Roche, and he was Stark's main tune in the game. He's now found here, honoring the memory of him, always. Another in-game tribute brings to light an example of how the Blizzard staff does bring real-life dreams into the world of Azeroth. With the help of the Make-A-Wish Foundation and Blizzard, Ezra Phoenix Chatterton, at the age of 10, was made an honorary part of the development team for the entire day. You see, Ezra was stricken with brain cancer. One of his dreams was to grow up and one day work for Blizzard as a developer or a playtester, and in early 2007, Ezra sat beside Jeff Kaplan at Blizzard headquarters and did just that. During his visit, his character E-Phoenix was bumped up to level cap 70 and was given the best armor and weapons any mighty Tauren could possibly want. Working with Kaplan, they designed together a new legendary flame-firing crossbow, found in game today as the Merciless Gladiator's Crossbow of the Phoenix. In addition, Ezra was given the opportunity as the first player ever to own and ride the Phoenix Mount. While at Blizzard, he personally designed two characters and a short quest found today in Mulgore at coordinates 48-53. It is called Kyle's Gone Missing. It involves the quest giver Ahab Wheathoof, a torn NPC specially designed by Ezra himself. Within the quest, Ezra also immortalized his real-life dog, Kyle, as a hungry, lost puppy who needs your help. Even through his struggle with cancer, his family had long witnessed him as a boy that had great inner strength, generosity, compassion, and a tireless sense of optimism. Ezra and his father played WoW together, and he turned to World of Warcraft and started writing stories once he lost his ability to walk, and he even asked to play WoW in the hospital while he was bedridden. And when his sight finally dimmed, he turned to music and other ways to express his creativity and passion. Ezra passed on October 20th, 2008. Yet, his voice lives eternal in Azeroth today, as that of Ahab Wheathoof, the same torn NPC he worked to create 
and record his own voice for while visiting with Blizzard that magical day. So, explore Mulgore and help find the lost dog Kyle, knowing that you now understand its meaning and purpose. From time to time, we're reminded that Blizzard and its designers go above and beyond to unite the real-life players with the meta-world we've come to love. This time, though, it happens to involve Ezra Phoenix Chatterton, who showed bravery in his own personal battle and who lives eternal as the boy who was Azeroth's original Phoenix. Please share your comments, questions, or listen to the archives at warcraftlesstravel.com. My name is Skolnick, and until next time, remember to travel safe, measure your happiness not in time, but in its height, and leave only footprints. So, um, yeah, uh, thank you again to MacGyver for sending that in, and uh, Skolnick for producing that. And uh, for those who, um, for those who don't recall the episode that aired in, uh, Shade read the poem off that I just linked in the chat room, and I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, it's a poem called Alicia's Poem, uh, which is another. Another memorial blizzard has done to those who have been lost um, and had an impact on people in the game. I think that was one of my favorite ones that he's ever done, really. Honestly, that that segment could probably have earned first place. I, I'm pretty sure we did end the show on it that time, too. Uh, again, my uh, my salute to MacGyver uh, for nominating it and for Skolnick for doing it. So, thank you. We have the next one here this wasn't really a uh, a best of moment but it was a really awesome creation of one of our listeners um and uh it was it was really fun to hear uh including the uh the outtakes at the end so definitely enjoy that this is a uh a congratulations on ata four years from our friend nevik bit more upbeat yeah Congratulations, all things Azeroth, on four fantastic years. I haven't been listening for all that long. I just got my iPod about, I don't know, two years ago. But I have been an avid listener since I started subscribing to your show. So, Medros, thank you for four years of fantastic podcasting. And Shade, you are an awesome addition to the show. So one last time, congratulations from Nevik of the Overlords and Nevik'sNotebook.com. Should I actually decide to blog once in, once in a blue moon? Alright, here we go. Congratulations, all things Azeroth. Four years, that's, that's insanity right there. But, Medros, you're crazy. No, I don't like that. Alright, anyways, okay. <clears throat> Congratulations on four years, Medros and Shade. Wait, Shade's, Shade hasn't been there for four years. Okay, congratulations, all things Azeroth. Medros, you've been a big All right. <laughs> that was an interesting, interesting segment for our anniversary. Did he say, Medros, you've been a bacon butt? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. That's a little bit of an upper after, yeah. Yeah. Lighten it up a little bit, but yeah. Indeed, Thank indeed. you, Nebik, for the uh, well wishes. And that was uh, second place, just... Uh, for those who are interested. Um, and uh, now for our uh, our first place winner. Um, this was sent in by uh, a listener. Oh, Nevik's in the channel and he said he didn't call you a bacon butt. So. All right, that's good to hear. 
the this one here is uh, our friend of Mick of Azeroth. He says, so, hey guys, so here's my entry, Legends of All Things Azeroth. I hope you enjoy it. The reason I chose these clips is because they were moments that stuck with me and make me smile just thinking about them. They are treasured memories of a great show. She had giggles and Medros's frequent and often dry indeeds after a comment by Shade just add a little just add a lot of flavor to the content of the show. There are also catchphrases or a slogan for the show. All things Azareth, you are giggle giggle indeed. Looking forward to the next show, though sadly I won't be able to listen as I live in Europe. The time zone difference is too great, unfortunately. And uh let's play that now. Okay. You're listening to All Things Azeroth. Warcraft, less travel. It's time to get back to basics. This is Mulia Feathermoon. I'm your host, Medros, and with me is the ever giggalicious Jade. <laughs> Indeed. Welcome, <laughs> welcome Everybody to take you. a shot. <laughs> I'm running around as a freaking orc, hitting peons over the head with a club. It hurts and stings. Just wasn't fun. You to just play. want to have a holy cow, don't you? I'm gonna name it Armageddon. Oh, for crying out <laughs> loud! Oh, I am good luck apparently for everybody but me. See, women don't ask for directions <laughs> either, so you're okay. Don't worry about it. I'm still baffled. The Warcraft um. Virgin. I f- love Internet Dragons. I love this game. Indeed. 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 Yep. God help us. <laughs> a game where poop and the grand. I mean, <laughs> you're funny. He you're says very, a rocket. Very funny. No, I don't. Because uh, I was so angry and I destroyed every night elf NPC in the zone. Because <laughs> I was mad. I was like, this used to be my hangout, and now you guys are all up in here. I'm gonna kill every single last one of you. <laughs> That's all. Indeed. Wow, wow, heroics are too difficult. Peter butter jelly, Peter butter jelly, Peter butter jelly, a baseball bat. This guy can do a diatribe for 45 minutes on one single topic that takes me five minutes to talk about. I'll bet you I could go for 45. I'll bet you I could go for an hour and a half. Indeed. Indeed. (laughs) Oh, Shade, you were right. That was like the most amazing thing ever. And I'll go, yes, I know. This is me saying, yes, I know. You're not going to lose your voice, are you? I said, no, Dad, I talk a lot. So, um... (laughs) (laughs) I just want to punch an internet dragon in the face. That's all. Indeed. I'm having an orgasm. That's all I can can put it. Your World of Warcraft podcast. So take care. Happy hunting. And we'll see you for all things Azeroth. I'm sorry, the end there beats me in Creep Factor by, like, infinite. I'm sorry. I... It's Deathwing! Eddie... Oh. We need that for a sound clip. There you go, Mick. There, 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 there's your <laughs> instructions. The we need one. A, a snappy sound clip of, uh, of Deathwing talking about our show. There we go. Deathwing saying... All things Azeroth. I, it would go totally with the Putricide one. Do you have I, that on I your soundboard? I have no idea what you could be talking about. I mean, I would never have... Good news, everyone. I think I've perfected all things Azeroth. Never. I would never do that. Yay. I love that one. 
Ah, so congratulations to all of our winners. You'll be contacted in the next few days to arrange uh, your prizes and all that good stuff. Um, and uh, again, congratulations for winning, and thank you for sending in your contributions. They're very much appreciated. I think I should be saying congratulations to you, too, because four years for a show, that's that's an incredibly... We were talking about that last week. That's like high school only high school in the U.S. as opposed to Canada. But still, a very long time, Medros. So congratulations. I know I haven't been around for all of it, obviously, but still. Well, I, I do appreciate it. It is uh, it is a long time, but uh, it's been a great time. Um, I, I've, uh, I've done 229 yeah. episodes now, and I feel as energized as I was the 10th episode, because the first nine I was very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it took you 10 episodes to get into it <laughs> it took me 10 episodes to not feel like do i really know what i'm doing or not that's okay you had still what like another 219 still had a lot more to and and, and mm-hmm. honestly i don't see the show any anytime soon um i'm really loving doing the show uh shade i i've really been enjoying uh the almost year now that we've been doing the show together oh god um, it's been almost a year hasn't it it's been almost a year. It's getting really, really close to a year now. Wow. Um, wow. And I assure you we will have uh, wor- f- kind words to say uh, when your uh, w- when your one-year anniversary comes around. So <laughs> You don't have to do anything for my one-year anniversary. The four years of the show is way cooler. Way, <laughs> way cooler. Like, I mean, I've been, I had been listening to the show for, like, I'd say, I think, a good six months before because it was when did I start listening no it was longer than that because I started listening you were on the wow insider show yep and right after that was when I started listening to all things Azeroth and then because I heard you on the show and then you joined this show shortly after you started writing for wow insider (laughs) it was like at the same time around the same time yeah all I can all I can ask is don't quit WoW Insider. I'm, I'm afraid I'm gonna lose you if you if you do that because too many connections there. Are you kidding? I love my job. I write about I, I write about internet dragons for a living. I think that's like the coolest job ever. Well, I don't know. I worked at a zoo before. That was pretty cool too. Uh, but really, um, it, it's been a blast. I, I've really enjoyed the last four years. And Corendo uh, says this show will, will live as long as WoW or until Midros gets tired of the game. I'd like to point out that I've been playing this game since before it launched out of beta. Six years, six and a half years later, <laughs> I'm still playing. What does that tell you about how long the show's going to last? There you go. I, I I may lose my throat, my voice completely, and and the show will still go on. I'll find a fill in. It's going to go on and on and on. <laughs> yes, that I'm a very sick puppy, Corandos. Anyways, uh, we did have one other uh, happy anniversary message here, and this is from some familiar voices that we may have heard speaking last about chocolate-covered bacon. Ooh. Hey, Medros and Shade, this is Curse Splat. And this is Stormy. And this is Dara Lynn. From the All Things Azeroth Fan Guild Heroes of Lordaeron on the Argent Dawn server, wishing you a very happy fourth anniversary show. And many more. Well, yes, and many more. That goes without saying. Especially when you post them onto, uh, onto iTunes. 
<laughs> As always, it's always fun to do and help out with the show and with the guild. So, just have lots of fun, be safe, and happy gaming. Thank you very much. Thank you, and can I say that Nomergon track is still one of my favorite pieces from all of the Warcraft soundtracks. It so fits the gnomes so well. I love it. I agree. I agree. Um, so we did have some emails. This one, uh, this one actually just came in as we began recording the show. Uh, it is from our friend Moonwaves182, who I believe is still in the chat room, or is on and off in the chat room. He says, Happy birthday, all things Azeroth. I'm glad to have seen you guys come so far. I've been listening for about a year and a half, but I think the last few months of the show have been the best. So, I do have a question, though I'm guessing it's too late to get answered now. Being the busy, busy teen that I am, how should I go about attempting to raid? My guild has slowly dwindled into an active group of less than 50 people. I only ever see five or so on at a time. Should I look around for a new large guild that would be more flexible? I am really excited to see the end game content for the first time, so this is kind of big for me. Oh, and about NaNoWriMo. I've yet to start editing yet. Sorry, I've yet to start editing, but you can bet your cameo will be much less silly than whatever I added for a couple of heart, a couple of hundred words before. So, congrats on the ding, and look forward to many more. <laughs> Sincerely, Moonwaves182. Thank you, Moonwaves. Um, as far as your question goes. You know, you could look for another guild. The thing is, is you need to look at the guild that you're in now and see if... See, I always have problems leaving guilds. I think I belonged to, like, maybe a scant handful of guilds in my Warcraft lifetime just because I hate leaving guilds unless there's, like, a really good reason to be leaving guilds. So usually I'm that one that sticks around until the guild just kind of falls apart. And I don't know why I do that. Um... The last switch that I made, I was in a raid guild that wasn't... We were raiding, but we weren't raiding at the level that I wanted to be raiding. So I had to sit there and kind of ask myself, Okay, what is it that I want out of this game that I'm playing? Like, like, what do I want to experience out of this game? And then, once I've got that figured out, go, Okay, is the guild that I'm currently in able to get me what I want out of this game? Because, I mean... Being in a guild and being social and all that, that is part of the game, but ultimately it comes down to your $15 a month. And if you're paying $15 a month but you're not doing what you want to do, well then maybe you want to look at relocating. The big thing is, is if you are looking to get into a raid guild, be very careful about how you apply to the raid guild. Be sure that you read through everything on the application and answer it to the best of your ability. Having seen many a guild application come in to my guild, proper punctuation, proper grammar is a big plus. Answering all of the questions to the best of your ability, big plus. Being silly and like off the cuff, not so much. They really want to know that you know what you're talking about. Um, the other thing is, is you want to make sure that you are geared to get into rating. So make sure that you've got the best stuff that you can get for your class, you know, the best that you can get out of heroics, maybe some purples from the vendors and things like that, if you can afford them, um, maybe some crafted items, if you can afford those, make sure you really know how to play your class, you know, do the research, make sure you can pull the numbers and just give it a shot. Just go for it. I mean, the worst they can do is say no. The worst anyone can do is say no to you. And that's really not all that soul crushing. So 
Go for it. Uh, the next email we have is from Andrew. He writes, so to give an example of what I mean by, by my subject line, which is offensive naming and no reper repercussions, recently I've had a, ch had a character named Harry Nuggets on my server. Given it's not, a, not the worst, but highly offensive name, I reported. Two days later, the name was changed, but now it's Harry Nuggets spelled a little bit differently. Also, I petitioned. Two days later, again, changed to a different variation of the same name. So, fast forward six times later, this his name renaming is now the same as it was originally, and GMs really do nothing to prevent this, and apparently you can get away with it on, off, on repeated offenses. Anyone want to see him? It's Harry Nuggets... H-A-R-R-Y-N-U-G-G-E-T-S on Lightbringer US. Blizzard really needs to have, like, some recording of, like, what people are changing their names for. Like, there has to be some, like, history of, of reports on an account. There is. There is. There usually is. I think probably what's going on there is that as you're reporting, you're getting different GMs every time. Be sure, if you report that name again, be sure that you mention that... This guy has changed his name to get around having to change his name. Because they don't look kindly upon that. And if it's pointed out to them, they can go back in the records and go, Oh, yeah, this guy is just changing his name to the variations of, of, of the same name. No, 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 we're not going to allow that. So if it's really bothering you that badly... Keep reporting it. They will They will make him change it to something else entirely, eventually. I know on my server we had a few people that were like, you know, they'd do that. They'd try and spell it differently and get away with that. And eventually the GMs came to them and said, look, no, you need to change your name to something different entirely. So... <laughs> I love Curseblatt. Curseblatt in the uh, chat channel says, there's a DK on my server named Re-Renamed. <laughs> So, uh, we have one more email we're going to read this week. I'm going to take all of the other emails, since a lot of them are very, very long, and summarize them, and we'll talk about them next week. But uh, Ira, uh, rated R on La Laughing Skull, says, Hello, Medris and Shade. I love your show. It's the best well podcast I've heard. I want to know what happens to the guild reputation and experience you have built up if you leave a guild and join another one. You restart at zero. Yeah, it resets. If you leave your guild, you will still see yourself as having reputation and everything. The second you join a new guild, it will reset itself, and you'll see that you have lost however much reputation you had. It'll, you know, it just goes poof, it's gone. So um, there are repercussions for guild hopping. If you want the guild benefits and things like that, you're going to have to start from scratch. Because, I mean, well, different guild, different reputation bar, you know what I mean? Right? It, it's it's yeah. like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, installing Cataclysm and then thinking that your Arjun Crusade rep should carry over to... Earthen Ring. Er, yeah, Earthen Ring. There we go. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't carry over. It's, it's like each guild is its own separate faction. So whatever guild rep you may have had with one guild, when you leave, you just, you lose it. Yeah. If you get kicked from a guild and get reinvited immediately... It doesn't reset itself. It's just if you rejoin a different guild, if you join a different guild entirely, that's when it triggers the reset. So if you accidentally hit G quit or something like that and you leave the guild that you're in that you have a bunch of reputation with, don't worry. If you get an invite back, it'll all still be there. Uh, Malgara reminds us, though, that you do get to keep any items you've already purchased on the guild vendor and you'll be able to continually use them. 
Yeah, so if you get any of like the pets, like the armadillo or the dark phoenix hatchling, or any of the mounts or things like that, you do get to keep those if you leave the guild. So, I mean, if you really wanted to go to the trouble of grinding to Exalted with a level 25 guild and getting yourself a scorpion or a lion, and then ditching that guild, you'll still have your lion or your scorpion. You just, you won't, yeah. Lady Irene actually points out a good down one good point that's a downside to um, the reversion to zero, and that is that if you end up being in a guild that turns bad, your rep may prevent you from leaving. Hopefully that won't happen too, too often. Zappy was actually in the chat room earlier and did apologize for not having us a Ask Moo this week. Unfortunately, he has apparently caught the uh, uh, the gnome flu. Um, I guess too, oh, no. too much cuddling with those of, out of Norm are gone. And uh, he will not be able to create one this week, but he does promise to have one next week. Is it is it the gnome flu or is it like radiation? Was I, he cuddling I don't, I the don't gnomes know. fresh out of Norm are gone? Well, we'll have to ask him sometime. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we should definitely have an Ask Me next week. And uh, we will, be, of course, be back next week. But first, how about you tell people how they can find us, Shade? Since you do so well at that. You can find us several different ways. You can reach us via voicemail at one seven eight five ATA WOW five. That's one seven eight five two eight two nine six nine five. Feel free to give us a call, say hello, ask us a question. We like all those things. You can also reach us via email at show at allthingsazeroth.com, medros at allthingsazeroth.com, or shade at allthingsazeroth.com. Um, I'm gonna take a break from a minute for a minute here from the from the email thing. To, to mention something real quick. Is that okay? Okay. So I I had somebody log in. I was I was online the other night at like, I don't know, 3.30 in the morning. I was very tired and I was just checking to see what dailies were available. And I had some random stranger send me a tell out of nowhere and ask me a question about I think it was about rating, I'm not sure, because it was 3.30 in the morning and I was very tired. If you have questions for me and you listen to the show, email me. Don't message me while I'm on my server doing my stuff, because there's no guarantee that I'm going to answer you. However, we do try and address every email that comes to the show, so send us an email, show at allthingsazeroth.com, or if you want to ask me something directly, you can hit me at shade at allthingsazeroth.com, and I will be happy to get back to you. Speaking of email... And Ask Moo and Irradiated Moos. Um, if you want to send a question in to Ask Moo, you can send that in to askmoo42 at gmail.com. Warcraft Less Traveled is warcraftlesstraveled at gmail.com. Uh, let's see. What else have we got here? Medros. Oh, Twitter. Twitter. Show Twitter account is all things as. Please go ahead and follow the show account because we do give away prizes over Twitter every now and again. Uh, if you want to follow Medros, he's Medros on Twitter. And I am Shades O'Grey on Twitter. That's Shades, the letter O, and then G-R-E-Y. Uh, we also have Dawn Forge. Dawn Forge is our new production company that handles all things Azeroth as well as Group Quest. And I don't know. Is there anything else I need to That's cover? That's at uh, thedawnforge.com for those who are curious. Yes. Is there anything else I need to cover here? Guild. Well, we already talked about the Heroes of Lordaeron. Heroes of Lordaeron, Alliance side, Argentan. <laughs> and uh, I do recommend folks watch the Dawnforge.com yeah. this coming Sunday. Um, there will be some new information there. So some new shows, perhaps? A, a new show may be perhaps. coming in the works. Perhaps. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, I, I'm still waiting to get uh, some commentary back from uh, a person or two. Um and uh, we'll we'll see. Okay. But uh, 
we will be back next week, and we do want to recommend that you guys do check out our web host, DreamHost.com. They are an awesome web host, great bandwidth, great service, great support, and great disk space. They are a really awesome web host. They've been really, really helpful, and I do want to uh, save you a bit of money. So if you use the code DEATHWING, you will receive a $50 discount off of your first account, and uh, that's a good way to save a bit of cash. So... Definitely check it out. That's dreamhost.com. And just let them know that all things Azeroth sent you. Or Dawn Forge Productions or anybody else. Just use my use, use the code DEATHWING and you'll get a good savings. So we will see you next week for another All Things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. Year number five begins. Or, yeah, whatever. Anyways, we'll be back <laughs> next week. So take care. Happy hunting. And we'll see you on the other side of the epic. The air guitar. Yes, I was listening to that Legends guitar. of Azeroth, and all I could think about was, man, I miss Back to Basics, because I miss that. Yeah, I totally miss that. <laughs> definitely, definitely. This has been a Dawn Forge production, copyright 2011. Find great podcasts and more at thedawnforge.com.